And welcome to episode eight of Guitar Tales. My name is Dave Cohen. I'm thrilled to be here again. Everyone in this room is thrilled to be here again. Uh, we are eight strong, or almost eight strong. Uh, we have many more guests lined up, but let me do what I do every week, which is to talk a little bit about uh, Riverview Studios. Uh, I say it all the time and I'll say it again. It's, it's the building is amazing, but it's not just the building. Uh, the people who populate this building do an absolutely fabulous job, not just of simply recording what you might walk in and say, I need, but to creatively help you build what you really want to communicate. Uh, if you have any needs at all, if you have uh, creative needs, musical needs, if you have uh, corporate needs, the staff here, the facilities here, the location here are fabulous. Uh, we are on the banks of the Delaware River, right around central New Jersey. Uh, it's an easy drive for anyone, either in the state or even in Philadelphia, to get here. Um, and I assure you, um, th this is a studio like no other. Uh, the, the interior of the building is old, it's beautiful, it's eclectic, um, and it's interesting. Uh, so this is one studio, if you look around here, that they've created for our show. But they create many studios for different needs. Uh, I want to extend another thanks to um, our dear publicist, publicist extraordinaire, Scott Engel. Um, Scott has lined up many, many guests, and he and I are diabolically working on what's going to be an absolutely amazing show. Uh, we'll give you more details in the future. Uh, we have a number of wonderful guitar players lined up, and after tonight's show, our next taping is in early August. Uh, we have friend of the show, Todd Yasui, flying in from Los Angeles. He is a producer, um, has booked every act you could think of um, for multiple late night shows. Um, the Tonight Show, the Keenan Ivory Wayne Show, the Magic Hour, I was actually on my way to court when I heard him live, book Howard Stern uh, on that show, which is a pretty famous piece of Hollywood lore. And these days he produces the Emmy Award nominated uh, Red Table Show, which uh, streams on Facebook and I believe other platforms. So he'll be talking about music and really how music is integrated into that career for him. Uh, tonight, uh, thanks to everyone involved in the show, we are thrilled to have with us um, a multifactorial, is that the right word? I don't know. Uh, that's a big one for me. Yeah, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> uh, but we have Chris Cologne with us. Hey! Uh, oh, I like yeah. that, there you go. Yeah, it's, you know, we gotta. You're warmed up. Yeah. Now, what people don't know, I'm not even done introducing you, but we'll do it anyway. Yeah. You and I have been having fun for the last hour or so. Yeah, maybe even longer at this point. I'm right? about three glasses <laughs> in, maybe four, uh, and I'll keep going. Um, but you come with a great resume. How about that instead of multifactorial? Yeah, love it. Um, so, first and foremost, um, you are in and have been in Beatles tribute bands. Yep. The deep dive I want to take tonight is to help people understand, and myself included, to appreciate this isn't learning four chords to get back or something like yeah. that. It, the commitment that you have made to really learn, I mean really learn note for note um, Beatles songs is spectacular. Uh, you were also a guitar player for Levy and the Oaks. Yep. I uh, dove around all over uh, YouTube checking out your band. You guys are fabulous. That's an all original band. Yep. Right? Um, you tour on cruise ships. Yeah, I've, I was doing that for a bit and uh, still go around just mainly on land now. Okay. Yeah. And it's cool stuff. Uh, why we might be here for four hours to everyone's chagrin <laughs> but ours is you brought a lot of friends with you. Yeah, I figured I have them, so why not bring them? Now, this is not even the whole collection, I assume. No, it's not. That's crazy. But well, it's, it's everything that could fit in my car. The, the, uh, <laughs> uh, 
I'm looking at a lot of these guitars just salivating over them. And, and our friend over here, you know, you walked in, and I said, oh, that, that's really cool. You brought an amp, and you just mm -hmm. sort of said, well, it's just a little Fender. And then I'm loading it up, and I'm like, that's a tube Fender. Yeah. So that's not just any old amp there either. That's a great amp. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, I, it's like my workhorse. It's the one I use the most, um, especially when doing like the original music stuff. And I was playing last night in Asbury, so I just left it in the car and brought it on here that's today. That's perfect. <laughs> so now, before we get into everything else, mm -hmm. you know what we're about to talk about. What are we about to talk about? We are about to talk about six degrees of what? Oh, you're Bon Jovi. Yes. Yes. But I have this obsession. It's six degrees of John Bon Jovi. I don't know why. I, I like it, that extra slot. Is it Bon Giovanni? Is that probably the, the correct yeah, pronunciation. Is that the original one? Right? Yeah. I know a lawyer named Bon Giovanni. Yeah. Um, all right. So here's the game. Um, we have to figure out and what steps it'll take, how many steps you are from John Bon Jovi. All right. So let's see. And, and our rule, we almost talked about it maybe three or four times leading up to, to now, but I don't want to know. How do we get there? All right. So it's funny because this is bothering me. And I was like, man, if we're going to do this game, like I need to make sure that like I actually have somebody here. And I was like, oh my God, this is perfect. And it was like even close to home. Well, that's but, a problem. Now you just set it up. You're setting yourself up for failure. Yeah, I know. Yeah. But okay. um, so my band, Levy and the Oaks, um, okay. we play every Sunday night. Uh, we've been doing this summer at the Asbury Park Yacht Club, which okay. is on the boardwalk. It's next to Langosta Lounge. Uh, the guy who runs that place um, that we've become friends with, his name is Peter Mantis. Okay. And he was Bon Jovi's childhood friend oh. and first band manager. That's it. So it's so, you to Peter. That's two steps. Yeah. That's fantastic. I was like, <laughs> I didn't even realize it, but he always tells us these crazy stories about like old Asbury and stuff, and it's awesome. Wow. Like hearing it from him. But yeah. So you, you stand on the platform with the silver. <laughs> and we have two folks uh, sharing the gold. Um, I forget who, but we have two folks who are one. <laughs> I think it was Steve Bellow and Charles Larita. Uh, both have the gold right now. Okay, so they're one away? They're one away, wow. and as I always like to say, there's only one person in the world who could beat them, and you know who you are. And you are about 40 miles away in Rumson. It's an easy drive on 195. Come talk to us. We'll have a good time. <laughs> I don't know who you are, but maybe. Um, anyway, let's. that happened at the last show, too. Yeah, hold on. We're on the river. Uh, yeah. So you, you hear that a little oh, bit. Oh, is that a river boat? Probably. Oh, cool. Yes. <laughs> so... Uh, First of all, thanks for coming. Yeah, thanks you know, for having me. We're, we're thrilled to have you. Um, I know you're friends with Scott Engel, and you know Scott mm -hmm. from the local music scene. Uh, I think the most logical place for us to start is the work you do, and I believe your, your role, so to speak, which Scott did not include in the intro, is that you're one of the two guitar players in the Beatles. Yeah. And which of those two would that be? Well, I play George in various uh, Beatles tribute bands. You know, whoever will pay me. Right. <laughs> now, now, he is a wonderful guitar player. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Or, I mean, was. But um, so what started that? For me, it was a bit of a weird thing how it started. Okay. So after I was in original bands for a really long time, like right out of high school, okay. like started touring with these bands. All right. So that's things. where I cut you off because I'm already interested. Yeah. All right. So I know from our sort of pre-interview chat chat, you're in mm -hmm. your low 30s. So you get out of high school, I can't even do the math, in the 90s maybe? No, 2004. Oh, God. Oh God. <laughs> all right, all right. So, yeah. so are you active on guitar in high school? Yeah, I didn't put the thing down. If, okay. If, if my parents will hate this, but if, or, and they'll agree too, but I would have like failed high school 
if okay. I went to like a harder high school. Okay. Because I would not put the guitar down. It's like all I cared about. It's all I wanted to do. What town did you so, grow up in? Uh, Lakewood. Okay. Okay. And so I was. I said a thing like in my mind, or at least this is what I tell myself when I was like 15. Like okay. when I first picked this thing up, I was like, I'm gonna do whatever I can to like make a living. Really? Doing this. So at age and 15. And every. I feel like every decision that I made from that point on was to try to make it. And I don't care if that's being the front guy or if it's like being somebody's like, you know, a Keith Richards to a Mick Jagger or whatever. Right, 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 right. Or the guy that plays for Katy Perry. It doesn't, who cares who that guy well, is, that's your, but that guy gets paid every day. And you're making a living yeah. creating and playing music. Exactly. So it's like so much fun. So, so you're 15. When did you first pick up a guitar of any like, sort? Like 14, 15. Okay. Yeah. What kind of guitar? What were the circumstances? Um, I got it for my birthday. Uh, okay. I remember my dad took me to the Sam Ash in Edison. Oh, yeah, I know was, that one. And it was one of the like fender packs where you get the amp. Right, right. And everything. And that cardboard box. Yep. And that was it. And that's the body of that guitar there is actually that very first guitar. All right. So that's a real fender body. Yes. Okay. And this is when fender, I, I, you know, I used to do photography when I was in eighth mm -hmm. grade. And I remember when Nikon started making Nikkor mat. And you, you don't even know what I'm talking about. Nope. But <laughs> Fender did the same thing. They were just willing to slap their name on sort of oh, yeah. lower tier guitars. And, and not to insult our friend over there. But Fender really, you know, at some point, I guess in the 90s, mm -hmm. made it a corporate decision that they would attach their name to guitars that they might not have been willing to mm -hmm. in, you know, the 60s, 70s, 80s. Yeah. You know, something like that. So what kind of, was it a Strat? That, yeah. That you're so it was, it used to be like a Candy Apple Red Strat. Okay. Um, so the body of that guitar is the one that I've like taught myself how to play on, That's like sitting great. in the bedroom, so, like, and just playing along to like whatever I can and like figuring it out. So there's some monstrous history to that guitar. Oh, for you. totally. Especially like for me, and it's yeah. like I still get to play it on every gig, which is I always think is kind of cool. And also the fact that it's been like I've traveled everywhere with it. So are those the original pickups or no? Okay. Nothing on that thing is original except for the body. Right. That's what I was going to say because I had a '78 Strat. And your setup's exactly the same, it, right down to the angle of the pickups, yeah. where the pots are, where your uh, your slide toggle is. Mm -hmm. It's all the same. So I did a. Um, yeah. let me grab it. So this thing is a sixty. I bought what was it? Uh, the Fender reissue, the 1965 like Fender reissue pickups. Okay. George had a 61 Strat, but it was the closest I was going to get at a reasonable okay. price. Um, my buddy sold me this neck, which was like a 60 style Fender neck. And is it, is it a Fender specifically? Yeah, it's a Jap made in Japan. Okay. Um, so it was part of their like 60s reissue thing. So I was like, well, perfect. And then it's um, a four bolt as opposed to a three yep. bolt. And you've got and the they all would have been on there. He also, um, it has a three way switch because they would have had a three way switch back then instead Not a of a five, five way. way. Oh, interesting. Um, that didn't come standard on guitars until I want to say 75 or 78, somewhere around All there. right, so here's where I want to mm -hmm. jump in a little bit. When I hear your language, you're not just talking about just this is the guitar I want. Yeah. At some point, this is the guitar I need for my profession. Yeah. Which is to replicate what George Harrison played and how he played it. Yeah. That's really interesting. So I just went and did it. I just did it myself. Um, and I painted this myself. I don't know if I said that already. But no, I, you didn't. You I, told me before the show. That's okay. what you're thinking. Yeah. So I also painted this myself because I had that old guitar lying around and I needed one. I was like, oh, perfect. And is that is that a style that George Harrison had on his guitar? It's, I like to say it's an exact replica. 
Okay. Uh, if you look at photos of it, I did a pretty good job. Okay. Um, there's a couple things that are a little different. Like his actually had uh, green uh, sparkle nail polish. This is blue because okay. that's all I could find, and I was right. I felt like rushing it, and it didn't matter to me. And you've got on the back, you've got the open machine heads, which are not yep. new. Those are old. Yeah, like right. they're actually made to look old. They're locking, so oh, it like, they helps are. it stay in tune better. So they're tricksters. Um, yeah, and he had this like weird little Indian sticker on there, and I found one. Oh, let me uh, see. So I just, it was from a store in Texas. Oh, made in India, Buckingham Music. Yeah, so I thought that. it was like kind of cool. I won't mess it up, don't worry. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah. So that's really cool. Oh. <laughs> You're uh, kidding, this thing's been thrown around enough. <laughs> And then the neck, your friend sold you the neck. Yeah, because uh, he had it, and I was just like, hey, man, if you ever get rid of that, like, let me know, because I knew I would put it on this. So when you did all this, so you mm -hmm. first get the guitar, you're a kid, you're 15. Yep. All right, so that's about 18 years ago or so, um, wow. if my math's right. Yeah, we'll say that is, and that's... I don't know. Wow. Um, <laughs> but those pickups, where do you get... The, those pickups look like they're the real deal, Well, it's and just, your, your pots look like the real deal. Yeah, so I bought... Um, I worked in a music store for a bit. <laughs> So I bought all the parts from there. You worked at Guitar so Center, right? All, yep. Okay. Did that for about five years and took advantage of that little discount I had. Oh, that's great. I was able to put it all together and got all authentic Fender parts. And now, were those when you bought those? Because what you're replicating is older than you, right? Yeah. By a lot. So are those pots replicas of the old ones, or are they from an older they're, Fender? They're like their custom shop ones, like. Okay. But I don't think it really made too much of a difference. And you even so. So you're, you're in a tribute band, mm -hmm. right? You're trying to replicate the sound, I get that. So a five-way toggle can do everything a three-way toggle can do, but you still made the choice yeah. to go real authentic. Because I have a thing like in the wiring, I feel like oh, there's, that's true. there's only, so a lot of us are like nerds and I might get some uh, slack for this because so much of us out there are trying to like get these sounds right, and right. do these things. But um, some guys that get these guitars, tend to paint a really cheap one because okay. they don't want to ruin a really nice one. That, yeah. So I was just like, let me like kind of put my own together to close as I can. That's like without spending like too much money. Right. But um, th when trying to like recreate tones and things, they only had the three positions oh, really? that they would have done. So I feel like why use the two and, and, the and you have more chance of shorting out if you've got yeah. a five. So I was just like, I'll just do the three. Because, and in reality, for your creative choices, three, who cares? Yeah. You know, you still have three pickups and, you know, middle plus front isn't that different. Yeah, from and you can kind of trick it in a way. Like, uh, where is it? If you do, I don't know if that's loud enough, but. Um, Let's see, I'll, I'll get either a thumbs up or a thumbs down from the camera. I'm gonna guess a little louder. That's good. We got an okay from Jamie. So that's like the neck pickup in okay. there. And if you go to the middle there, you can hear it kick in a little bit. Oh, well, you, you are. You're, so it's stuck. You're, you're actually create, you're making like, it a five-way. And people would do that with like, um, they would stick like toothpicks in there. Oh, like really? To make, to, so it would hold in that position. So you're actually playing the middle and the front right there. Yeah, so it cancels like to try to do that like fake hum elimination thing that which is the point of the five oh that's switch. interesting and that guitar i mean even from the little noodling you just gave us it's got really nice tone yeah thank you now what kind of speakers in your fender just um, the standard it's just the stock it's a fender blues junior okay it's just it's it's loud enough it sounds good and i use this little uh floorboard here 
uh, yeah. made by Fractal uh, for all the sounds that I do for all the different and, and, and I see, a, you know, an L LED. I don't think it's an LCD screen. Yeah. So you could pre-program a lot into that. Yeah. So I do, um, you know, depending on which guitar I'm using, I'll have like a different patch. Right. So right. For something like this. Uh, this is like a little bit of a country thing, but um, let me see. If I have, <laughs> this is so much fun to uh, see me. I would never have the patience to remember all that. All right. So. There you go. So have a little bit of that. It's like a, it's a 30, phaser 30 millisecond delay. So okay. Like, uh, gives it a bit of a chorus, which will be on a lot of Beatles stuff. So now I know that there's limits to what you could show us, uh, but you can show us some things, right? And it's easier yeah. without the lyrics. I just know that like some things. Um, They'll get yanked off of YouTube. Yeah. So give us a few bars of something, and then if it gets yanked, hmm. you know. Okay. Do it um, as much as you're comfortable doing. We'll do like, all right, so like a good. That one that I like is that solo in Nowhere Man. Okay. So, uh, do this too. <laughs> Probably should have done that before we started filming. It's all part of the show. It's all good. All right. So. Fabulous. I just think it sounds right on the Strat. And so, now what kind of guitars did George play? He played a Strat, um, obviously. Yeah, he played, I brought a lot of them with me today, um, except for okay. that guy. That's kind of like my own little thing that I use for everything else. Okay. Um, but there was, uh, he played Gretsch's a lot in the early days. Okay. Of course, the Rickenbacker 12 string. Oh, that's right. Um, which I didn't. Which bring. one do you want? You want your Epiphone? Um, no, I'll grab the Gretsch. Well, okay. I guess we can go in chronological order. All right, yeah. So this is a... Uh, That's friggin' gorgeous, that guitar. Thank you. It's, it's funny, because a lot of these I wouldn't normally choose if he didn't play them. Right. But and this it's is a really cool guitar. I always like to, that, wow. Yeah. So, so this is... Purely me. open machine heads here. Show the camera on that. All right. Yeah. So uh, this is like a made-in-Japan Gretsch. Okay. Called the Tennessee Rose. It's supposed to look like... Uh, the Tennessean that he had. Okay. And, uh, he used this a l on a lot of records in the early days. I love the bridge on that. That, that, is, yeah. that, that looks like it could be installed in a car. <laughs> you know, it actually so moves hard. around. If you see, it, I have some tape there. Right, like, yeah. Stop it from moving. Yeah. Um, but it's a really cool guitar. It sounds cool. It's really low output. And this is actually a student model. Really? Um, yeah. And those pickups, they look very old school. Yeah, it was made to look exactly like his, and it's, uh, it was neat. It's a cool guitar. So uh, let's hear I play this one the most. Yeah. Um, oh, you do you play that more than any other? Uh, probably, because um, I have this thing where they played this with the Ed Sullivan show. In oh, which is the most important yeah. appearance, probably. But not the first one. The first one, he was playing a country gentleman. Um, Who made that? Uh, also made by Gretsch. Okay. All right, so... So let's hear a few bars of, uh, let's recreate. It's 1969, is it? No, no. No, no it's 64. 64 would be yeah. the first one. Um, yeah. So a good one for this guitar would be, like, one of, one of my favorites, I would say. Hmm. Well, we'll go from the 
the Ed Sullivan show there. Yeah. I'll do like the All My Lovin' okay. little like guitar solo bit. Get a few bars of that. Now, for that little ditty that you just yeah. gave us, that's a boatload of work. Yeah, it, sorry. No, 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 keep going. <laughs> so for me, like when I had started, because I feel like we got a little sidetracked. Yeah, yeah, I know. So, so let's go back to that. All right, so, yeah. so you're 15, you start playing guitar, you're playing all through high school, mm -hmm. you decide that this is what you want to do. Yeah. Okay. Um, you start playing in bands, that's where we, we cut yes. off. All right. So let's, before we even get, um, to the Beatles, what, let's talk about your bands. What kind of bands were you in? I was in a lot of like really heavy bands at the time. Meaning like heavy metal-ish, hard rock? I mean, rock. ish, like metal, hard rock. Like, okay. You know, the emo, screamo thing was kind of big at that time, like Warped Tour bands and things like that. So okay. that's what I did. My friends were new, and I was like, I'll just play with anybody. I didn't care what I was playing. All right. I was always a Beatles fan, though. Now, where would you play? House. Like, what kind of venues? Um, when you're in high school, that is. Well, back then, um, I was in an... Actually, I was in a cover band also in high school, okay. and we would play at this place in Tom's River uh, called Cool Beans. Okay. Every Friday almost, uh, which was right next to a movie theater. So paying gigs in um, high school. I think we were actually getting paid. I don't remember. But okay. it was just fun to play. Oh, um, yeah. And then yeah. like friends would come, and it was like kind of my first like going out at this. We were playing full band at this like coffee house. That's great. And then from there, it just like just kept going and then we eventually like worked our way to like the stone pony and like asbury and, so like, th that's a big things. jump that's yeah. a huge jump from like, being a kid playing in a little coffee house to playing at one of the most celebrated music yeah. venues in the in the country yeah right you know we've talked about it you've got the stone pony you have the whiskey a go-go i mean it, there's a mm -hmm. handful of others um but that's a very big deal because when you think about the story bands that have the oh come totally through that so, so how old, what was the youngest you were when you played uh, the Stone Pony? I want to say 17. So maybe? that's huge. Probably like right around like 17, yeah. Now, were you ever in situations where as, at 17 you were opening for bands other folks might have heard of? We were trying to, Okay. at least with that band. And then um, afterwards, I kind of moved on to another band that was getting better bookings and they were signed to a label and then I Oh really? Yeah. So what well, what kind of band was that? That was also a that was a heavier that was the heavier band. A heavier yeah. metalier band. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first the coffee house band wasn't a metal band. That was just like covers and kind of okay. pop rock stuff with like my friends. Right. And we're all still friends actually. Good. And um the heavier band, um they were signed to a label and then you guitar player go on tour. Um, and I had caught wind with them because I was working at the studio they were rehearsing at. Okay. And then, what were you doing at the studio? Um, I was just working the desk. Okay. And then just kind of learning things. Um, and Where was the studio? In Howell. Okay. It was called the Jam Room. Okay. Um, Which is right next door to Lakewood, where you yeah. grew up. Next town over. So I was doing that for a bit, and then I kind of started like just touring as much as I like could. And so you wait. So we yeah. gotta slow this I down know. because it's, it's really <laughs> cool. It's really cool. Yeah. So you're 17, 18 at this time? Yeah. So uh, this is a world that I'm hosting this show I'm just learning about. Yeah. I think a lot of, you know, the, the real insiders who watch our show get it already. A lot of folks don't that outside of the bands that everybody has heard of, mm -hmm. right? You know, I mean, you have your um, Music Man guitar. Wait, which is it? Yeah, right, right over here. 
That, that's uh, Maroon 5's guitar player, right? Yes. All right. So, like, everyone's heard of Maroon 5. Yeah. Everyone understands that if they want to promote some songs, if they want to go on tour, people will go see them. Mm -hmm. And there's a layer that's just sitting slightly beneath them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and what that layer is filled with are bands who create great music, who are in high demand, who fill their venues, and yet everyday person on Main Street has not necessarily heard of them. Yeah. So you started entering into that world. Yeah, trying my damnedest. <laughs> but it's cool. Like, so yeah. you're, you're, you're barely an adult, mm -hmm. and, and you're making a living touring with a band whom you met in a studio. Well, making a living is a stretch. Okay. <laughs> I was still living in mom and dad's house at that okay. point. Okay, <laughs> all right, all right, right, all right. But at least I was, like, trying. Right, and you're getting yeah. some kind of remuneration. Yeah, I okay. mean, at least for a bit, and then things are going to happen um, when we got back. And okay. at that point, I want to say it's like 2007, 2008. Okay. So you're almost yeah, eight years old by then. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, there was, so it was probably like 20 at okay. that point, and the label goes bankrupt. Which. And is that because of everything that's happening with streaming and yeah, all that? We were part of that whole thing. I have friends who were part of that whole thing. And okay. It, just, it, didn't, it didn't work out, but that's like a story that everybody has. And, and in 10 years, people might not be talking about labels anymore. Yeah. I mean, everyone does a lot of things on their own. Right, right. But um, after that whole thing happened, I kind of just stopped playing music for a bit. Really? And went to school um, in Florida. Okay. And, uh, well, actually, before I went to school in Florida, or no, I think I did go to school in Florida first. And, and was this college or something else? Yeah. Well, it was uh, called Full Sail. I was going to go for entertainment business. Okay. Is what I went for. Because I was okay. like, all right, I at least tried it. Maybe I'll go to school and so, try to like work in the industry that way. What was your emotional state back then? Like any other 21-year-old, I guess. Like, so you weren't depressed, or were you depressed? I, mean, I guess I was, but just okay. trying to figure out like what right. the next step is just like anything else. Well, so like, so you're you're literally at a place in the music industry where, where things almost turned on a dime. And I remember reading about it in mm -hmm. the news. You know, signing to a label used to mean everything, right? Yeah, so at that yeah. point, I thought like, oh, I'm joining this band, like they have this thing and great, like this is like that next step, yeah. like this could be huge. And then not knowing much, like as other friends do too, like you just, all right, it didn't work out. It's just an old story. Right. So, so you were almost ready to give up on music. Yeah. Or at, at least, least in that fashion. Yeah. And um, so I was like, all right, I'll go to school for entertainment business. And okay. Before I went down, my buddies have a, um, they throw a party every year called okay. Doyle Fest. Okay. And they're my best friends from high school that we all play music. They're music teachers. Okay. And we were like, what should we do for fun? So we were like, oh, how about we just learn a bunch of Beatles songs <sighs> and play it at the family barbecue and it's when I say it's Doyle fest and they'll laugh if they what is Doyle it's my buddy's last name okay his family okay. Um, I mean been friends since high school we're still you know best friends right and uh, we learn these Beatles songs with all of our friends to play at this backyard party um, and it was a really good time we had a lot of fun I was already living in Florida at this time okay I'd gone down and go so to you school. had started your school so I came back for the party because it was like in the summer okay and how much, wait, so how much time did you spend really prepping? In other words, did you? For that? Yeah. Um, we rehearsed a couple times, but I didn't like dive in as okay. much as I did later on. Right. Did you um, have more than 10 Beatles songs? 
Oh, yeah, we did like 30. Oh, really? Like that. Yeah. So and that's an effort. So you're in Florida. Oh, yeah. and, and at that point in 07, 08, you, you have YouTube by then, right? Not the way Not it is like it now. is now? So no. you can't sneak a peek on YouTube and learn how to play uh, it. Like you can, you could a little bit. Right. But there weren't, not as much as there was Okay, now. all right, so how did you learn the songs? Um, just listening a lot. Okay. Um, listening a lot, looking at every like tab online or every book and trying to figure okay. it out. Um, and also watching them. Right. Depending on what songs they're playing. So you'd you study their fingers. Them, you can watch them play live. That's how I learned how to play. Because th there are plays, ways to play their stuff wrong. Yeah. Right? It's, it is wrong and it's such a weird thing to say. You're playing that wrong. Well, and show me. All right, let me test you. Okay. So my, my band mm -hmm. uh, in college did Twist and Shout. Yeah. I, I don't remember how we played it. I bet you a million dollars we played it wrong. Show me the wrong way to play it. <laughs> so like the cheap, I, easy way to play it. I think a lot of guys do this. Or That's like what we did. All right. <laughs> okay. Now, where is show us the subtle differences and how it's. little yeah. detail. It's a little subtle thing. Right. It's not just as easy as going. It's not that's not a hard song, but right. to go. But to oh, play it correctly, yeah. your fingering technique is critical if you truly want to recreate mm -hmm. the sound. And he uh, John and George had very specific ways that they played. So 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 here you are uh, mm -hmm. back then when you were about to play Doyle Fest was it called? Yeah. All right. It's and it's just a party. It's nothing right. <laughs> bigger Which than that. Which of those two were you doing so to speak? Um, like at metaphorically that, anyway. At that time, I think I was doing something based on what was closer to. So you were not doing the really cheaped out, yeah. effortless version. Because I, I mean, I was already playing, I mean, I played guitar a lot. So right, it's right. like, oh, if I'm going to play along and figure it out, I want it to sound like it right. does. It's almost like you're an alchemist, <laughs> you know? Because, you know, like, do it again if you don't mind. Show us yeah, the cheap yeah. way and the real way. <laughs> there, mm -hmm. everyone listening, everyone watching will say, oh, that's Twist and Shout. And it yeah. sounds right until... And there's all the percussion you're introducing there. Yeah. So people will recognize version A as opposed to version B. Definitely. But... but I like to think so. Yeah. <laughs> but, but in reality, you know, there's a huge percussive difference. What mm -hmm. you're doing with the strings is different. It's very specific. Yeah. And then I would imagine if we were to fast forward 10 or 15 years, yeah. you're, then you're thinking, all right, I need the right kind of pickup. How far is my pickup from the string? What is my tuning? What kind of speaker? What are my tones? What like, kind of strings am I using? Are you, what it kind really of guitar goes that far. am I using? What song did he use, guitar did he use on this? song and so it's not just right because he's yeah. he might say i'll use a telly for this song and a rick for this song mm -hmm. and you have to get that right yeah so sometimes there's pictures like in the studio or you can actually yeah. see him do it live and everyone kind of has opinions and takes liberties and we all do it and it's because you you weren't there so how do you really know right so right you have to try to use your ear and, and he's not even a, for you you know we've, we've mm -hmm. got paul and ringo alive but 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 George isn't around. Yeah, you don't even have him. Like yeah. you can't, you know, go on YouTube and listen to the interview he gave last year because yeah. you can't do things like that anymore. So here we are. You, you've had this Doyle fest. Now, now what yeah. happened in your brain 
as a result of that, if anything? So the weirdest thing was I ended up in Flor back in Florida afterwards. So that, this is just like one party? Yeah, we learned it from one party and that was it. All right, did somebody videotape it? Um, I think there's, there's videos somewhere. I okay. think I have them on my computer somewhere. Okay, right. Um, not the whole thing, but definitely like clips. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, um, anyway, it was. Um, so, you, so you go back to Florida. I go back to Florida. I have all these songs stuck in my head. Right. So I just. So in other words, there's a bug. Yeah, I have 30 Beatles songs or so stuck in my head that I just learned, and I'm like, well, this is kind of weird. Okay. So I was in Florida. I didn't know anybody um, at, down there. So I was like, what better way to make friends than through music? Right. So I put an ad on Craigslist and looked for other guys my age. I was 24 at the time. Okay. Um, and said, hey, I looking, I'm interested in maybe putting together a Beatles band with other guys my age that just wear like no wigs or anything like that, but just right. you know black jeans, black t-shirts, and we'll play places like nightclubs and do like what the Beatles did in Germany. Like just play the early rock and roll songs, like kind of fast and crazy. and then play like some Beatles songs and kind so of do no, that right, right, because the Beatles in the beginning were playing a lot of covers. Yeah, that's all they were, that's yeah. all they were doing. Right, and, and Twist um, and Shout was a cover. Yeah. Right. So I put this ad out on Craigslist. Did you have that much detail in the Craigslist? Like, did you express your entire vision of it in the ad? I think so. I wish, I wonder if I could find that ad. It that's actually cool. really, I mean, I have, make a note for myself. I have <laughs> with Todd from next, we have a backstory. We have an ad, which is what led to our band, Huh. you know? Um, but it was two sentences. So yeah. when I hear, and I, but that's really cool if you actually laid out your whole vision. I mean, in a in a way, I think <coughs> I did. Where I was just like, hey, like I'm interested in doing uh, some Beatles songs, right. like with people my age. Like if you want to do kind of like, in my mind, I think I worded it like punk rock Beatles is kind of what I was. So what thinking. was your, what was the sort of the synapse that clicked in your brain? Because you you know you've been playing in heavier bands. Mm -hmm. You have a nice eclectic view of music. You like the Beatles, but who doesn't? Yeah. Right? But suddenly, you know, you some something happens in your brain, because it, it really played out beautifully for you. Yeah. But but like so, what happened in your brain that you thought, you know, what I'm ready to devote a huge portion of my personal, professional, and emotional life to this band that hasn't been around for 25, 30 years. Well, the next or, part of that story yeah. is. Um, oh. We have another friend. Yeah, no, um, I'm just gonna put this down. Okay. Hey, all right. All right. <laughs> so we, um, we're, I end up in Florida, and right. I'm down there. I put and this what, ad what out. What part of Florida? Orlando. Okay. All right, so. But well, there's a lot of opportunity for that kind of stuff. Uh, there is. There was your foreshadowing, um, right? So I put this ad out there, and I just start getting messages like crazy. from Really? Musicians going like, hey, there's um, this band at um, Disney, Epcot. Okay called Bridge Invasion, they're always, they're probably looking for young guys. You should reach out to them. So I, at this point, I'm just like, hey, I don't look like George. I right. don't sound like him. I have no business. You're also 40 years younger than most <laughs> folks who would think about doing that. Yeah. So I'm just like, what do I have to lose right. than to reach out to this guy? Um, and I reached out, his name's Sean, and um, reached out to him. We. He was like, oh, well, we like dress up and do the whole thing. And I was like, right. oh, well, I'm interested. Like, I was like, all right, let's see how far. So even though that, I so can you, get this. So yeah. that's departing from your original vision because you're, 
at yeah. least in your mind, and maybe truly on your listing, it says, I'm not, I'm not interested in wigs, but let's do the music, let's sort of replicate yeah. the tours in Germany, playing some, you know, rockabilly from America or whatever they were yeah. playing back then. So, so he throws that at you, but now you've already got the Beatles, oh, it's a horrible pun, Beatles bug, I was going yeah. to say. <laughs> um, but you've got, you've got on some level, you've got the bug, right? Yep, and I just, um, I reached out to him, and I went and hung out. We played guitar for a little bit. Is he your age, younger, older? Um, he's older. Okay. He was part of one of the like uh, Beatlemania, the Broadway the tours. Okay. Um, I'm th he wasn't on Broadway, but he did like one of the they call them bus and truck tours. Okay. Um, I don't mean to do that either. <laughs> That's right. I don't know why. Th those failures. Yeah. yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. Sean is no longer your friend. Yeah. No, he definitely yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but I end up down there and he says okay like here's where you get a wig here's where you get boots do you have a white t-shirt and we'll do all this stuff he's so like, there's a thing yeah and i was like oh so and this shows will tell you how like naive um i was like at right. the time and i was like okay so this is at disney world and i was like i think i just got the gig and then they offered me money Wow. And I was, so I was in school at this point and I had like hit like a crossroad of. All right, you got a fork I, in the road. Do I finish school? Which right. I already, mind you, I already went after music like, right. at this point of my life. Well, and not only that, you're in school because music hadn't succeeded. Exactly. Yeah. But or then, you perceived it hadn't succeeded. Exactly. Right. So now I have this carrot in front of me of like, do I really have like an opportunity to work at Disney World and pretend to be like in the Beatles? Like, right. as a thing. and ended up working out. They offered me money and I just went, okay. And then I left school and went and did that for a bit. Right. And, um, from like 2010 to 2012. All right, all right. Um, who's the guy, Pete, are you, did you Pete Best anyone? Did you Pete Best the old George Harrison guitar player from that act? No, I just okay. got lucky. All right. Um, I think they were in the process of kind of getting rid of somebody anyway you did you almost so, be almost someone. yeah and then the minute i found out like i had that i was like i'm at disney world i'm getting paid for this that's fabulous i was like i am not like i can't screw this up no. so i just i would just go home and just learn as much as i could all right so your situation at home you're in an apartment probably um there. grandparents couch really yep okay <laughs> So um, you have an amp, you have a guitar down there. Um, actually, at that time, I had a couple of guitars with me. I had, okay. a, I had a Gretsch um, okay. and a Les Paul with me, and some most of the stuff was still like with my parents. So how were they about you practicing at that level? I mean, I would practice like unplugged. I wouldn't. Okay. I wouldn't okay. be in there. Like I'd be plugged in like with the headphones. So it was not that disruptive for them. No, not at all. So what kind of effort is it to go from like, you know, you're goofing off with your buddies mm -hmm. and, and I can't really put that down. Learning 30 songs is a big deal. I mean, that's a lot of songs. Uh, but now you're really, you know, you're under the microscope. Yeah. If you're playing at Disney, I mean, forgetting the, you know, the vacationers. Yeah. The, the supervisors, the people who book you, the people who write your check, I would imagine have the capacity to be very critical. Yeah, definitely. And exacting. And I was... I was lucky. I was one of the last guys to get in on that game. Really? It was there for 15 years. Yeah. Seriously. So, the, and that was another reason why I went to when it came to like school yeah. or go with this gig that I just got. It was like the show's been here for 15 years. There's this whole Beatle tribute world. I didn't know about it. It's crazy. 
And then wow. I was like, oh my God, I did it. Like, I'm making money, I'm doing this thing. It was five 20 minute shows, five days a week, sometimes seven days a week. Five 20 minute shows, yeah. five days. And wow, that's a out, lot of work. And you would go out and you would do it. And then you learn like real quick that yeah. it's, it's a grind. Oh, I would um, think. It, I mean, it's still fun, and like you would try like new songs and do all kinds of different things. But so, so where would your creative juices take you in mm -hmm. that paradigm? Well, I just kept doing that. Like I really, like I stopped like really playing and like learning other things. I was just diving in on this Beatles stuff. But I would think your creative juices would say to you, "How can I keep improving mm -hmm. upon replicating something that iconic?" Yeah. Right. Like, would you be able to say to yourself in February, this is what I did, and here we are in June, and I'm so much closer to replicating well, the original? The biggest thing was singing. Okay. Um, so my first show at Epcot, it was at the, at the UK Pavilion. Uh, I, I, was, I've been to Epcot only about 20 or 30 times. Okay, so you know exactly what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. Right there in that gazebo. Right. Um, I I've probably up. seen you. It's possible. I've had my children there <laughs> 20 times. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's very possible. I had somebody show me a picture of me with them from Disney that was at like another Beatles show I was doing and like, okay. but had no idea that they were like, you. did you used to work at Disney? I was like, yeah. Oh, that's did. funny. And then they had like a picture on their Facebook and it was like their whole family. And I was like, oh my God, look at that. Yeah. But, uh, it was, I forgot, where, where, so we were, where talking, were we going? No. So we were talking about if you were to compare, say, I, I made up the dates, but yeah. February to June, right? So. Oh, singing. Yeah. That's where That's where we were, right. So the first show that I had, the first set, uh, was like, it was a Throne of the Wolves situation. It's like, we're going to put you out there. We're going to see how you do. And Oh, really? If, so if the, you you're talking about not the first when you sang, just the first of any sort. Yeah. They were okay. like, here's, here's the songs. Um, when I met him, he was just like, you can play guitar, I can see that, like how you pick it up and how you handle it. Right. So I was like, okay. And then he's like, here's the songs. It was like a Monday. I was gonna go up on Friday for like a set or two. And then I Wait, just- Wait, hold on. So in when you say a set or two, is there another George Harrison in between at this yes. point? There's our Pete Best. Yeah. Okay. All right, um, you, you don't like that. You feel badly, <laughs> I could tell. I mean, I don't feel yeah. bad because I've, <laughs> I shouldn't say that. Yeah. But it's fine. You deserve. I mean, seriously. I mean, it's just the way. My life mom works. would always say it. She would refer to it. Uh, Wally Pip. Okay. Uh, the guy who was on the Yankees, and I think Lou Gehrig took over for him. Oh, that's like funny. Ever. So because he was like sick one day or something like that. So oh, it was just. Yeah. Don't. But, but don't be the Wally guy. Be the Lou Gehrig yeah, guy. So like, don't yeah. ever miss anything. No, but but again, just to pause on this, and then we'll come back to your singing. You've worked your ass off. Not just as a guitar player, but as a George Harrison guitar oh, player. Oh, yeah, I think so. So that's <laughs> the person who does that deserves the, the fruits of that effort. So oh, anyway, well, so your first well, gig. Well, thank you. Sure. <laughs> um, so the first gig, I don't think, I'm just thinking George Harrison, Beatles, lead guitar player. So I learn all the guitar parts, like right. as close as I hear them and as much as I can. And don't even think before we're about to go out, like we have like a little huddle. And this happens with a lot of like these tribute bands. Um, all right, what part are you singing? And, and I you like, say, oh shit. Yeah, it's exactly how you just go, oh my God, I didn't even learn the harmonies. Because like, in a weird way, like that's, I was so naive Oh, but naive the Beatles aren't the known for thing. harmonies at all. Exactly. Yeah. So I was just yeah. thinking like, oh my God, I did all the homework and I didn't learn the harmonies. So in the, I have it saved, on that on the computer too. Okay. There's five of us up there. Right. Um, one guy's behind the keyboard and he's just singing 
my harmony parts and I'm playing the leads. Oh, that's um, funny. To do, to basically to see if I could do it. Okay. And then the second set, they showed me the harmonies and then I went out and did them. Oh, that's good. And then it all worked out. He didn't lead vocal on that many songs, did he? Not that many. Right. Um, but definitely notable ones, like something, obviously, right. big one, Here Comes the Sun, Taxman. Yeah. Um, do you want to know Secret? I mean, there's. Yeah, he's got. While My Guitar Gently Weeps, of course. I don't know, a few bars. Which, whatever <laughs> guitar you have plugged in. Um, yeah, don't sing it because. Well, here, use the. Uh, we'll grab that I'll one. I'll get it. There. I'll get it. All right. All right, so this friend, this is our Les Paul. I feel nervous grabbing such a nice Les Paul. There you go. All right, let's look at this before I even hand it to you. This is gorgeous. So you've got, so tell us a little about this guitar. So that is a replica copy okay. of what um, Eric Clapton gave to George. Uh, he nicknamed it Lucy, it's a Red Les Paul. Um, since it was a copy, I made some modifications myself. What'd you do? Um, so he didn't have this little, they call it a poker chip up here. Okay. So I took that off. I got um, like these reissue pickups on it that I okay. think are like closer to it. Are these humbuckers? Are they genuine yeah, humbuckers? Yeah, uh, they're Seymour Duncan 59s. Now that's not what he would have had, is it? No, because he would have had like... They weren't around yeah. back then, were they? Well, not Seymour Duncan. They would have yeah. had actual 59 PAFs or whatever. Right, so right, right. Be very specific. Right, and then what about the pickguard? This... Yeah. Um, I, that came know, with it. Yeah, all that and like try to get the right knobs on it. And well, it's a good looking guitar. So, thank it's you. A, it's uh, obviously a one-piece, as all Les Pauls are. You've mm -hmm. got your sealed machine heads. Uh, it's got a great paint job. Very nice. And I think it was a gold top originally, like in his. Okay. And it was, uh, then they refinished it in red. And I think, I want to say it was Rick Derringer had it originally. Okay. And then he hated it, so we like sold it to this place in New York. And then Eric Clapton picked it up. And when they came, when he came, went back to England, he gave it to George. And, you remember, uh, yeah. Remember a few yeah. years ago, someone robbed all of Derringer's guitars from his apartment in New York? I didn't know that. About, about five or ten years ago, that was on the news, and they were trying to get a collection together to help him replace all his guitars. So uh, we talked before the show. So it's not lost on me that this little gift mm -hmm. from Clapton to Harrison was the precursor to him stealing his wife. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know. Um, and the you know the funny thing with Patty Boyd too is she. Um, has two great songs written about her, being Something and Layla. All right. <laughs> kind of wild. It is kind of wild. But, uh, so i just say I have this like plugged in. This is what I use for, um, uh, blah, blah, blah. So the we're, While My Guitar Gently Weeps right. um, effect, which is a little bit of like a chorusy delay. So um, what would he have done back then? What were the products he would have used back then? So, I mean, there's, it's there wasn't kind of, a chorus back then, was there? No, they had to manually do them, like move the tape heads around and do all kinds oh, of really? crazy tricks. They had to figure it all out. Right, yeah, because we, we talked on one show about the Leslie speaker cabinet, mm -hmm. which is just crazy. Yeah, that's a big George Harrison thing, too. He, that was all used the over, Leslie? All over. All over the Abbey Road record. And so you can't, kinds of you don't things. have a Leslie, I assume. No, I did. Did you uh, really? But they're too heavy and that's, to, yeah, bring, to around. bring it with, and then But I have a little effect here that I use for that. Oh, that works. And then like I know the Kinks took razor blades to their speakers mm -hmm. to create the fuzz sound. Yep. Pretty cool. So let's hear uh, While My Guitar Gently Weeps, as much as you're comfortable playing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. 
like the lead That's sound that I use for that. Right. I think it sounds pretty good. And How much work did it take? You know, you could, you know, you could just sort of fake one could, not you could, but one could fake their way through that lead and get by with it. Yeah. So talk to us about the, the amount of work it takes to get it um, to the point where you're tribute band worthy, right? Well, after the Disney thing ended, I realized how I wasn't that good. Okay. As I thought I was. Um, Why is that? Because I started playing. I started getting calls from other bands, and okay. uh, this band Beatlemania now, okay. who I was a part, or I'm still a part of, but been with them since 2012. Okay. And all of those guys have been playing in like theaters and like did like um, worked with Broadway guys and everything like that. So. I was just like here, oh, I'm at Disney, like I'm, I got this thing, not knowing too much, and like, then I start working with guys that like really look the part, or like really sound the part, like so much more, and I'm just like, I gotta step my game up here. So right, right. just keep practicing, keep going. I'm still learning like every, every day. Who's the one, um, the guy wrote the book, you have to do something 10,000 times to get good at it. Oh, um, I know, I, I know who you're talking about. Isn't that like an old like proverb, like, some Chinese or Japanese. It might thing. be. I know. I know. There's a guy who wrote a book 15 years ago or so, mm -hmm. and he would talk about any athlete, any person who does something well at yeah. least 10,000 times. You've got to do it. Yeah. And I might be at like six. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm listening to that lead though, and you know, like I, I, I could sort of tell the difference between someone who's sort of just not flubbing their way through, but just sort mm -hmm. of easing their way through it. Yeah. And I'm watching both the right and the left hand, and everything you're doing is very accurate. Mm -hmm. You know, and I think that it sounds to me like that's that in and of itself is an art because what you're really aspiring toward is to recreate the magic that would be on whatever studio recording yeah. you're listening to. Um, and sometimes you take liberties with certain things because, oh, they did it live this way. So you can kind of right. you can always kind of play with it a little bit, but you can't, not too much. I mean, it really depends on what you're doing and what you're going for. And, and most of what you're dealing with is studio because they didn't tour that much. Exactly. Right. Um, but yeah, it's just trying to be as close to that original thing as possible. So let's talk about While My Guitar Gently Weeps. Mm -hmm. What do you know about sort of the hardware that George used for that? What was his amp? What was his guitar? So he didn't play the lead. Eric Clapton did. And it's oh. been fabled that it would be, uh, some people have said it's a Marshall or it's a Fender or like whatever it is. Okay. Or plugged straight into the board because that was a thing they did a lot. Oh, did they really? Um, back then. With no effects in between? No, but then he played a lead. I'm probably going to butcher this story. Okay. But um, he played the, you know, the leads and did everything and then complained that it didn't sound beatly enough. So then they messed around with like, the tape wobble okay. and do all kinds of things. And, uh, but George, I think, just played acoustic guitar on it. Oh, really? Well, I read, I don't, it's funny, not even preparing for this show. Uh, oh, I know what it was. I think, um, was it Howard Stern I was listening to? Yeah. Yeah, they were just talking about how Paul would have to play some leads if George couldn't handle them. Yeah, is actually, that true, or do um, you believe it's true? No, I definitely think it's true. Right. Um, I've had this discussion with friends and shock of uh, shocks, right? Yeah. Right. Because sometimes they're saying things like, uh, you know, he couldn't come up with anything that was good, or Paul would come up with something that's better, right. or maybe he was just running a brain thing, and oh, I'll just do it because we're crushed. For time, or right, right. Time. Do you, was there? Did you feel, from your vantage point now, just the the deep dive you've taken into this band? That's our issue. I think it's your sunglasses. Yeah. 
There we go. We did, we've resolved it. Sorry. <laughs> we got a thumbs up from the booth from Mary. All right, we're all good. So, you know, one could look at the Beatles and mm -hmm. say, all right, um, Paul and John are up here, and then George and Ringo are here. Yeah, I always say I'm third on the call sheet. Okay. So the John, the John and Paul have to be really good for me to feel like I can do my job best. Right, right. That's where, because I'm a support character. And, and was that, do you think that was where George was, I mean, vis-a-vis -vis the other guys in mm -hmm. the band? I think so. I mean, yeah. He was the younger guy, so that was always a thing. Right. Um, in, a, in a weird way, I definitely feel like I fit into that character very easily. Okay, um, all right. Or do you think you've grown into that character? Easily? It could be a little bit above. Right. <laughs> and, and it's funny because that's like, you know, like, I don't know, think of, you know, like just uh, alignment on the Patriots, mm -hmm. you know, or something like that, where vis-a-vis -vis his uh, fellow players, he might not feel that great about himself, but he's on the Patriots, yeah. you know. And not that I'm a Patriots fan, but I'm trying to think of the best <laughs> football team we've seen in a while. Um, but the Beatles, you know, mm -hmm. they'll always come up in anyone's conversation, oh, the yeah. best ba best rock band ever. Yeah. So if, if you want to be the third best and the best band ever, that ain't so bad. Yeah. Right. But uh, but but George, you know, he, he wrote some really good songs. Oh, yeah. Um, what do you think? Great songs. He wasn't a guitar slinger, though. It's yes and no. All right, so let's hear about because this. Because I think he's underrated as a lead guy. All right. Um, he really came up with some great stuff. Show us. Um, I think uh, one that, I Who mean, did all, the lead on Get Back? Like, All My Lovin', that's actually John. Oh, um, okay. On Get Back. Okay. Um, doing all that, like. That does sound like John, actually. So John had a very erratic, like, kind of way that he would play. Right. Um, George was more melodic. Yeah. All right, um, so what was the, I interrupted I mean, you. What was the one you were going to show us from George? Octopus's Garden. Oh, like, let's hear that. The, yeah. the ah. Which a, is such a cool lead. Yeah, it's like, that's a great little... Yeah. That's a cool little lick. That's a really yeah. cool little, and it's such a crazy song. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how much acid it took to write that one. <laughs> you know, an octopus's garden in the sea. Yeah. You know. Well, most of Ringo's songs deal with water and somehow yellow submarine. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right. What do you think of him as a drummer? I think he's great. Do you? Yep. You think he's great or you think he's good? I think he's great. All right. All I, right. I think there's nobody better for him than in that situation anytime that, someone says, you know what that's true that's true in that yeah. situation right that's you don't have to be a virtuoso to right. be great what do you think pete best thinks about him as a drummer <laughs> i mean he couldn't couldn't do it couldn't no and, and they very well might not have become what they became yeah if they didn't do everything they did ringo was my favorite and i think it's really? because he was a star of all the movies Oh, you know, that's so true. I watched all those movies right. as a kid, and he was always, you know, the help movies, just him running around with this ring that they're trying to get. And that's true. He's always the funniest. And, and you know what? They they were really pioneers in the area of, of connecting video to music. Mm -hmm. I mean, who would have thunk it yeah. back then? But what, what was the really fun movie? Uh, Hard Day's Night, right? Yeah. That's just a fun movie. Yeah, and they, and they all still hold up. Oh, too. absolutely. They're great. What do you? What's the um, the Stones' answer to uh, Sergeant Pepper, her Satanic Majesty's yeah. secret request? Well, the 
She's a Rainbow, that's probably the only song that I like off of it. Right, right. Are you an anti-Stones guy? No, not no. at all. Okay. But I like the Stones when they're a little bit more like rock and roll. Right, right. As opposed to the 80s or even 70s for that matter. Well, see, like, but Miss You to me is like a cool song because it's groovy. So It's groovy, yeah. but it's not, to, it's, yeah. They, yeah, but like the Jumpin' Jack Flash stuff and right. all that. That's very good. Even the Start Me Ups and whatever, Give Me Shelter. Two whole chords, right. Yeah, they're yeah. great. They're right, so right, cool. right. All right. So I have no idea how long we've been going, but I feel like I'm ignoring a little bit of your creative stuff. So let's talk. Yeah. Not creative. That's a horrible word choice. Your original stuff. What's that? 50, wow. Wow. It's going okay. fast. All right. It always All does. Right. Cool. So, um, so the band is Levy and the Oaks. Yeah, so there's a couple things that I'm involved in, and because I've definitely shifted through the years, we're okay. like going after certain things. Right. Um, Levy and the Oaks is my original band um, okay. that I'm in with some friends, and we're playing every Sunday. So I'm going to, which I'll camera? Plug. Do a plug. Which camera can I look at here? <laughs> They'll find you. Look All at right, that camera. Perfect. Look I'll at Monica's camera. We're playing every Sunday at the Asbury Park Yacht Club um, okay. at 9 o'clock, or yes, 9 o'clock every Sunday. It's free. It's on the boardwalk. Come on out. Have a good time. You'll ha you will have a good time. How about that? All right. Now, let's talk. What kind of music is it? Who's doing the writing? Um, so our singer and main songwriter. I bet his name is Levy. It is. Okay. <laughs> it's Levy Oaken. And, um, oh, that's his full name, Levy yeah. Oaken? And he does all of the he does all the writing. He'll come up with like an acoustic guitar. Okay. So, um, so Levy and the Oaks. So yep. Levy, I would have bet any amount of money that Levy was his last name, but it, <laughs> but it's Levy, and he calls it Levy to be a yeah. little different. But no, his name is Levy Oaks. Yep. That's a cool name. Oaken. 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 Yes. So. Um, but he's uh, was in a band uh, called Socratic uh, with also the bass player um, uh, Lou, okay. and they started this thing a while ago, and I joined them uh, playing lap steel. Of all oh, really? Things. They were looking it's open tuning and everything. Yeah, so they were doing looking Wait, for I'm somebody. I'm going to cut you off. <laughs> that's impressive, you know, because to me that's a whole other level of of learning guitar when you could play a lap guitar with open tuning. Well, I learned it for the band. Uh, oh, really? Because I was in, I was into the country thing, and like they, uh, Lou had asked me. He was like, "Hey, would you want to do this?" And I was like, "And funny enough, George was the slide guy, so I was like, I can do this." Oh, he like, was. To figure it out. Yeah. Okay. Especially like post Beatles. So he and he did that open tuning. Yep. Okay. And um, but mainly on guitar, like right this way and with a beer bottle or what yeah. have you. Right. And I was like, all right, cool. And then we like started this, and it was like my first time doing original music in eight years because I was just doing Beatles forever so but, so how did the Beatles stuff prepare you to do that well I did the original thing at first right and then got kind of sidetracked with the right. Beatles stuff and then found my way back but to original music I but I still do so now I have the best of both worlds but I wonder I wonder if mm -hmm. all of that hard work you did learning precisely the way George Harrison approached the guitar maybe gave you a leg up when you went back to originals it did but it didn't I still? It's still cha challenging for me. Is, are some of your go-to's some of his go-to's? Kind of. They okay. were for a while, so I had right. to like kind of, in, not relearn guitar, but like get right. comfortable with like kind of refinding myself right. as a player. I wonder if he's. And I'm still figuring it out. I wonder if he'll always flavor you a little bit. 
You know, like flavor your style just it's, to drop. I know um, my dad uh, plays also, and oh. he the, has in the roustabouts. Yes, that's with right. Scott Engel. He did. That's correct. It was so perfect. I, I was supposed to <laughs> talk segue. about that. There that was is. the best segue ever. <laughs> Scott was in a great band with your dad. Yeah. So what were you going to tell us about the roustabouts? But I would, I would play with my dad um, if he like needed me for things or if I, like, I was around. Yeah. And. Um, Sometimes I would play with them and like take a lead when I was like in the middle of this like Beatles stuff. Oh yeah. And I would and he would be like, "You sound like you're playing like George." And I was even it was, before like, you were doing the gig. Funny. Oh no, it was after. So oh, okay. I was already like doing the George thing, but okay. like it would be funny because then I would play some of these leads like right. how George would play it without trying. It's almost like that movie Face Off. <laughs> you know, after they get the right faces back, they still have some of the ticks of the yeah. person they were. <laughs> that was a weird uh, comparison, but. So, so you, I, I think it could serve you well, though. I mean, yeah. there's worse guitar players to have exactly. sort of floating around in the back of your and brain. It's, you know, I've always, since I've learned how to play by not taking lessons, I've learned to play by playing other people's stuff. Okay. So I've kind of learned everybody else's tricks and stole them and kind of make it into my own weird. Right. Well, no one, no one's ever, playing. no one ever truly does something no one's ever done before. Yeah. I mean, we, we talk about that on almost every episode. Mm -hmm. Everyone is building on what other people have done before them. In the, in the law, what I do for a living, we're all building off. There's a guy, Mo Levine, who is the best trialer arguably ever, and we all learn from him. Uh, so you're learning on the backs of the people before you, and then they'll yeah. learn, the people 30 years from now will learn off of you. Yeah. So it, it all Hopefully. works. <laughs> so what is this style uh, of Levy um, Oaks? It's just like pop rock. Like, okay. I mean, our main lineup, uh, is just uh, all three of us sing, okay, um, or four of us, okay, and two um, guitars, bass, drum, or something else. Uh, well, lead singer, two lead or two guitars, um, bass, and drums. So your singer is not playing an instrument. No, oh, not anymore. We added a guitar player. Okay, um, to free him up. Yeah. Okay. And now he just gets to run around and be a front man, which is nice. Which is important. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. helpful. You think of some of the most successful bands. You know, The Who, Daltrey, sort mm -hmm. of, he really can't play guitar, but we've seen him <laughs> do it a few times. Van Halen, I'm thinking of. Yeah. You know, like stuff like that. Aerosmith. Aerosmith, right, right. Yeah. And, and then we've seen, <laughs> yeah, right, and Steve Tyler, he could play piano. I've seen, yeah. you know, he plays piano. So, yeah, I mean, and we, he'll bring us a song and we kind of just build on it and try to do things that way. Right. Um, so, Levy and the Oaks, do you guys have recordings? Yeah, we're on Spotify. Um, okay. We actually just did a uh, released a cover of okay. the romantic song "Talking in Your Sleep." Oh, okay. Uh, I saw that on my YouTube journey. Yeah, it's. What was the romantic's big, big, big hit? Um, probably what I like about you. Yeah, we did that. Yeah. In my, in my uh, first college band. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's a great song, also. Yeah. But there's something super cool about that one that we wanted to do, and we feel. Talking like in your sleep was a good song. Yeah, it still is a good song. And it was one of the earlier time. successful videos on mm -hmm. this thing called MTV, which was brand yeah. new at the time. Uh, that, yeah. That's very cool. Um, and then, so you're on Spotify. Yep, Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon, uh, YouTube, Facebook, all, all right. the normal things. It's Levy and the Oaks. All right. Instagram. So, so basically, want. if people want to find, let's let's start. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to find just you? Do you have a website? Yeah, actually, I'm working on it. But okay. you can just find me on uh, Instagram. It's just Chris Cologne, um, spelled just like that. Uh, I should be the only one. Okay, good. So basically, go to your Instagram account, yeah, and, and that could be the, the funnel that takes us to everywhere else. Yeah, exactly. I'm always posting like shows that are there okay. or other acts that I'm working with. Because I also work with um, uh, this girl, Tara Dente. Okay. Um, 
which is more of like a folky country thing, which okay. I got into through the lap steel. That's stuff really with cool. Levy. Yeah. And um, there's a record that's coming out any day now. Oh, that's fabulous. So, uh, which I'm excited about. And, and we go to your Instagram page. We, when yep. it comes out, we'll find it through there. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. And then um, do you have anything coming up with your Beatles tribute work? Right um, now? Well, this Friday, I'm in Ohio. Um, okay. I forget exactly where. Uh, but there's like a fair. I'm probably going to post about it on uh, Facebook. Okay. And then actually in Summers Point okay. this summer. All um, right. Which is down by Atlantic City. I know where it is. Yeah, right, um, right. We're at a theater down there for about four or five nights. Oh, that's great. So I'll be posting about that, too. Well, that's fabulous. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. You brought all your friends with you. Yeah, man. Uh, did we talk about all our guitars? We talked. We had the Gretsch, the acoustic you were playing before. The Epiphone we didn't really talk about, yeah. but he's here. He's hanging out. Yep. All right, and we, we learned everything. Does that guitar have a name? Um, well, it's named Rocky. All that's right. That's what his is. That's actually the name of my dog. I don't know if that's a coincidence, but uh, I like to think it's because of the movie. Oh. For me, the dog, not the Yeah. All right. <laughs> well, this has been an absolute awesome. pleasure having hey, you. Thank, thank you. you so much. Well, we want to thank you guys for tuning in to another episode, episode eight of Guitar Tales. My name is Dave Cohen. Uh, I, again, want to thank all our dear friends here at Riverview Studios. Go to riverviewstudios.com. If you have any recording needs, even just to talk about it, you might find that they will have creative solutions for any kind of marketing uh, needs you have or in-house training, things of that sort. Uh, the facility is fabulous. Again, thank you so much to Scott, guitar assist Engel, and we want you to stay tuned for more shows. Uh, really, really important, if you like the show, if you're enjoying the show, hit our YouTube channel and subscribe. Uh, we're getting tons and tons of views. Our Facebook page uh, broke over 700 likes, so people are getting regular notices. Uh, from Facebook on uh, things that are going on with Guitar Tales. But if you go onto our YouTube page, which is effortless to find, uh, just YouTube will be um, Guitar Tales with Dave Cohen. Uh, subscribe, and this way, as soon as we upload anything, uh, you'll be able to watch it. We stream on YouTube and on Vimeo, uh, so come watch more episodes. Thank you so much, and we'll see you next time on Guitar Tales. Have a good night.